Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of sports, and we definitely want to interact with you, so make sure to swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page. It's easy to do. Click, follow, subscribe. Boom. You can also check out the T-Public store where there's always something going on at T-Public concerning the ODPH. Parlay points, new blogs dropping this week, the classified section, the directory. If it's anything and everything, ODPH, it can simply be found at odphpodcast.com. And always remember, use the hashtag ODPHpod on social media. Kicking off this edition of the sports edition. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of editions, but man, there's a lot to talk about. We have to recap the latest goings on in the land of the NBA. Yeah. The NBA playoffs have definitely gotten interesting. I'd say so. As we're approaching the finals, we're now in the conference finals. And things definitely got a little crazy up in Boston. Yeah, I'd say so. So, Pad, why don't we kick off with the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, so, of course, the Eastern Conference Finals are between the number one-seeded Miami Heat taking on the number two-seeded Boston Celtics and a highly anticipated matchup, two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, And you had Game 1 go to the Miami Heat by the final score of 118-107. Game 2 went to the Boston Celtics, 127-102. Game three went to the Miami Heat, 109-103. Uh, and then game four went to the Boston Celtics, 102-82. Uh, so as we record with game five taking place on Wednesday, May 25th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, the series is currently tied at two games apiece. And it's lucky that it's been that close because, honestly, Game four could be the tipping point of this entire series in the Uh Celtics' favor. Never have I seen a number one seed in any sport come out the gate as flat Uh as the Miami Heat did in game four. Uh To say atrocious is an understatement. I know the score was a lot closer at the end of the first quarter than it should have been because Boston jumped out to a 21-4 lead. Yeah, uh, so Miami did not score its first point until it looks like 7 minutes and 56 seconds left in the first quarter. Uh, so at that point it was 8-1, to one, but they made that point on a free throw. They did not score their so – it then remained one point and Boston just kept scoring – they did not make another point and did not make their first basket until Victor Oladipo, and I'm looking at the play-by-play on ESPN.com, they did not make their first field goal, not free throw, but actual field goal, until 3 minutes and 22 seconds were left in the first quarter when Victor Oladipo made a 20 foot three, 25-foot three uh, three-point jumper 
uh, to make it 18 to four. By the end of the first quarter, let's see, got to scroll down a little bit because hey, we're uh, by the end of the first quarter, it was 29 to 11 in favor of Boston. How atrocious! That's bad. I mean, there's bad, and then there is bad. Uh huh. And for a team that we have talked about many times on this podcast, I know we usually just mention about the Knicks and. You know, anytime we can go after Brooklyn, we definitely make a point to do that, by the way. Still swept out of the first round by the Boston Celtics. You know, I might have heard that. Maybe once or twice. We did say that Miami and Boston were probably the two most complete teams in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Still during this whole playoff saga, they were the ones that play both sides of the ball extremely well. This was going to be a competitive series. We definitely thought, okay, this is going to go to seven games. There's no Uh question about this. Uh Uh-huh. But you have to look at a game like this. Yeah. And just to mention about game four, it's a weird situation that Miami is now in. Yeah. Because they were feeling good coming out of game three. Mm -hmm. No question of that. Oh, absolutely. But game four, to get punched in the mouth like that. Yeah. You're either going to do one of two things for that game five. Because, I mean, now the series is tied up. So it's anybody's guess. But... Obviously, this becomes the most pitiful, pivotal game of the series. Mm-hmm. Pivotal. See, I'm getting so amped up talking about this. I can't. I just botch my words every now and then. Because what is going to be the driving point about this mm-hmm. is Miami is either going to press too much and Boston can steal one away and go up 3-2, which, I mean, that's going to be yeah. the writing on the wall, so to speak, for the series. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be interesting just because, you know, Tyler, the Heat were without Tyler Hero, who is the uh, reigning NBA Sixth Man of the Year, you know, so that obviously paid a, played a big factor into it. But the thing I did like, at least in terms of the Heat side, the, you know, the Heat don't have much to really look back on this game fondly of, you know. The only thing I will say is Spolstra, Eric Spolstra, their head coach, didn't mince words. You know, when asked about it after the game, he said, quote, they came out and jumped us. We're not making any excuses. They outplayed us tonight for sure. We never could get any kind of grip on the game, close quote. And, and you know, you just look at the stats and you look at everything and go, yeah, that's the case. I mean, that's going to be the, the issue with this upcoming game is somebody's got to step up. Either Jimmy Butler's got to go hero mode and God mode and just, like, take over the game and drop 40, you know, because they just could. He's finished this game with six points, so honestly, anything more than that will help. You know, Bam Adebayo's got to get something going because he only finished the game with nine points. Kyle Lowry only had three points for this entire game. Yeah. You know, so combined, that's atrocious. But those guys got to step up, and then, you know, if they step up, if Tyler Hero doesn't play, maybe it's not as glaring. But I think for right now, Tyler Hero's got to play, and right now he's day-to-day with a groin injury. Well, it's going to come down to if he can get at least – 20% 20% of some shots off on the floor, you got to put him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have him sit on the bench. Like, if there is a fraction that he could get out there and at least give you something, a spark, right? you have to play him. If, if like I say, even if he's at, you know, minimal of, like, you know, health-wise, let's say he's at, if like, he 70%. Only put, if he can only give you, like, 10 minutes. Yeah, but if he can only give you, like, a fourth of a shot, take the shot. Like, that's the, that's how important he is to this team. Yeah. Because, like you mentioned, Ab- Abadeo? Uh, Adebayo, yeah. Adebayo, absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely atrocious. And, like I say, he is somebody that should take over games. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't. And he is such a streaky player, in my opinion. Yeah. That... For Miami to really take the series back, you're going to need a, a big time production out of him. Jimmy Butler will show up for this. Like, there's no question about that. If you want to bank one person on the Heat showing up, it's going to be Jimmy Butler. 
But everybody else has to match his intensity about this. Mm -hmm. The only upside of this game, if you can call it an upside, was Victor Aladipo showed up. uh, 23 points off the bench. Which, that's a welcome addition to that team. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's starting to kind of get back in the swing of things, that's huge. Yep. But obviously, Lowry needs to do something. Yep. You know, P.J. Tucker's got to do something. Like, you need some guys to really step it up and do this. Because the one thing that, like I said, either you're going to come out and overpress and Boston can steal it, or you're going to mm-hmm. come out and have a statement win, and you really got punched Boston in the mouth. Well, and you got to be able to get these guys shots just because I'm looking at you know their field goals. You had P.J. Tucker 0 for 4 from the field. Jimmy Butler 3 for 14. Uh, Adebayo 3 for 5. Kyle Lowry 1 for 6. Uh, Struss, uh, their shooting guard, 0 for 7. So it's not like they were able to get shots off. They were just They just had an off shooting night. It's either they were just that bad or Boston's defense was that suffocating that, you know, they they couldn't get anything off. Well, I think it's a little mix of both, but I think it was that defense really wanted to prove a point. And that is something that Boston has had their fair share of injuries. We can't take anything away from that. But Jason Tatum put this team on his back. Mm -hmm. And like we've mentioned before. He's on the verge of being in that Kevin Durant talk, Mm -hmm. you know, the elite of the elite. Yeah. And have willing a win like this will get you in that conversation. That is something that I think he definitely took seriously, and especially knowing the situation of how the series could go. If they had to go back to Miami down three one, mm-hmm. you want to say in theory it's a wrap, right? You because that, with that home court advantage, you don't know what could happen, just, I mean, and just that energy could be a lot different. But Boston understands this; they've been here. Yeah. That organization is set up for this, and Tatum knew the temp in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say he took this game over. Horford gave you a lot on defense, though. 13 rebounds is a huge thing. That's good. That's a big play for him. So if you can get him to slow down Miami's offense, that's big. And especially if they want to try sneaking this series away because I think all eyes are going to be on Miami and the pressure's on them. Not so much of Boston, but when you get embarrassed, and that's the only way you can describe this game, it was embarrassment. Right. Miami has to come out and either overextend or they're going to just absolutely light up the scoreboard. Right. I'm feeling like going into this, I think you might see them overextend a bit because I think that all they're hearing now for two days is going to be the media ripping them apart. Oh, absolutely. Rightfully so, though. Oh, yeah. There has to be that criticism. And this isn't just us ripping on Miami. This is us going as fans seeing the number one seed in the East mm-hmm. just look like they didn't even belong in the playoffs. Right. That's being honest. The fact this game got within 20 is kudos to Boston for taking the foot off the gas. Right. That's the only reason. Because that first half was all Boston. And the fact that they obviously knew the game was in hand, it looked like they were slowing down in the later half. But... This is a huge win for them, and we knew this series was going to be the best one. And I still stick to my guns about this. I think Boston's going to win this one outright. I think this is going to go seven. Oh, absolutely. Because I think what we're going to have is instead of the home teams winning, I think you're going to have both away teams steal a game away. And then that game seven, man. Seen it before in other sports, yeah. It could happen. I mean, I think the thing Miami's got definitely working in its favor is the experience Eric Spolstra has, just because that's one of the the one of the nice things about Miami has been is like after you had LeBron and Wade and Bosh all like either leave or retire. Normally, when you see a dynasty or a, a, a team like that, we had such great players leave or retire. 
there's a, there's a lot of bad years. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I you, you look at Cleveland in the years after LeBron left the first time. You know, and and normally you'd see a lot of tanking with that, but not so the case with Miami. They haven't been great, and they haven't been like you know, oh NBA Eastern Conference Finals every season, but like they've still been contending every year, and they've still been in the playoff hunt and in the playoffs almost every year. And I think that's the thing working in their favor with this is the experience with Eric Spolstra. You know, on the flip side, you do have the head coach of the Boston Celtics in Ime Udoka, who is an NBA champion, you know, in 2014 when he was an assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. So he's from that Greg Popovich tree. But I, I in terms of experience and, like, if I had to have a coach there with me on the sidelines from these two teams, I'm taking Spolstra. Well, that's a safe bet, too. I mean, obviously he's been through here, and especially Pat Riley in that front office. Uh-huh. It's a calming influence. But that's what Miami's going to need to do. They've got to regroup. I mean, P.J. Tucker's got to improve. Lowry's got to improve. And Adebayo has to. Like, he's mm-hmm. the key factor. And I think he will show up for this one. But I'm telling you right now, I think Boston knows this could be a game breaker for them. Right. And the sense is that he could break the will of Miami. If they have to go. Oh, Boston smelling blood. Well, as they should, because this is what great teams do. When you have your opponent on the ropes, right? you got to go for the finish. And I think Boston realizes more so than Miami. Miami is going to want to get that bad taste out of the mouth that they just got embarrassed. But for Boston, they know we can go up 3-2. We got two chances to shut this out. Mm. We they definitely want to do it in Game Six. They don't want to go to seven. No, There's no way anybody wants to go to seven. But at least they would be okay. We can definitely do this. Yeah. And I think though the next game, Miami's going to really have to drill in and find something and get a spark. Mm-hmm. Can they do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm going to say right now I'm going to call Boston in the upset win. I think Tatum's going to Tatum's playing at a different level right now, and I think that he's going to maybe have. A two-point win here, and mm-hmm. I think he'll drop another thirty on him. Well, that's been the thing with the series too—is just all the injuries. You know, he had the injuries to start the start the game or start the first game. Guys leaving, getting hurt. Guys coming back after getting hurt. It's just been wild. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, this is what happens in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's tough to stay healthy and go through. Oh yeah, you got to work through a lot of adversity. And for Miami, I think they got a little more so than Boston. I know Boston has its fair share of injuries. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. Oh yeah. But getting punched in the mouth like they did, and that's the only way you can describe it right now, has mm-hmm. completely changed the dynamic yeah. of this series. Yeah. But on the flip side, though, Oy. it's a little bit of a different story. Uh-huh. Although not through lack of effort on uh, one player's part. Uh, currently, so on the Western Conference side, you've got the three-seeded Golden State Warriors taking on the four-seeded Dallas Mavericks. Uh, game one, you had the Warriors win 112-87. to Game two, the Warriors also won 126 to 117. And then game three, the Warriors won 109 to 100. Uh, So as we record with game four taking place tonight, as we record on Tuesday, May 24th, 9 p.m. Eastern on TNT, the Warriors are up three games to nothing. And the not through lack of effort player I am referring to is one Luka Doncic, who is averaging for this round in the playoffs, uh, what is it, Uh, about 34 points a game. Uh, he had 40 points in one game, 42 points in another game, and 20 points in another game. Well, as we thought how this was going to end up, uh-huh. it's Luka versus everybody. Yeah. He has no help. No, he doesn't. It, it's a matchup nightmare because, yeah, you got Luka who's pretty damn good. I mean, let's, let's be honest. But, oh, he's great. But, there's no question of that. But, like, there's nobody else on the Dallas side to, like, match up with, with Draymond to match up with, with Clay to match up with Looney. I mean, Looney is just... 
having his goddamn way with, you know, the, the Dallas defenders down low. Oh, yeah, he's absolutely dominating. And this is what Golden State is known for. Uh-huh. Like, you don't have to love them. I mean, they're very polarizing amongst sure fans in the NBA. Sure. But you got to give the Devils their due. I mean, this is a situation where this could be it. Right. For the dynasty that is Curry, Thompson, Draymond. It's one of the last. It's definitely one of the last currently right now in sports. They know that Father Time is playing against them. Mm -hmm. They know that the window is closing on them. And this is the perfect time to make that last run. Because Dallas has a great player and some role players. Right. To put it mildly. But for the firepower that Golden State is bringing every night, you got to do better on the defensive side of the ball. you got to slow them down. you got to take advantages where they are. Dallas just doesn't have it. No. I mean, and it's it's not a fault. It's not ripping on them. It's just doing the eye test and seeing what you have. You have one great player and some role players that just can't match up to the elite sure. level that Golden State is bringing. Golden State is used to this. No, I mean, you, you just look at the box score from the most recent game, Game 3, which took place the other night. You know, uh, Draymond Green, uh, 10 points in 37 minutes. Andrew Wiggins, have a game, why don't you? 27 points in 40 minutes. Uh, Kevin Looney, nine points in 29 minutes. Seth Curry, or uh, Steph Curry, excuse me, uh, 31 points in 39 minutes. Clay Thompson, 19 points in 39 minutes. Uh, and then on the bench side, they did get 10 points from Jordan Poole. On the flip side for Dallas, okay, you had Finney Smith, their power forward, nine points. Uh, Reggie Bullock, their small forward, nothing. Yeah. Powell, their center, three. Uh, Brunson, their uh, one of their other guards, 20 points. Luca forty, you know, so great for him. And then from the uh, on the bench, you did get, have Dinwiddie give him uh, twenty six points. But then on the also from the bench, you had two guys with no points, and then another guy with two points. So it's a matchup nightmare because yeah, you've got a couple of guys, but like Golden State has way more than that. Golden State has more weapons, completely top to bottom. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. And if somebody's having a bad night, they have the option that somebody will pick up the slack. That's the one good thing that Golden State has. Yeah, if if Curry's having an off night, you got Clay. If Clay's having an off night, you got Curry. You know, you got Draymond down low. Oh, darn, Draymond's having an off night. Oh, you got you got uh, uh, Looney. Yeah, but I'm looking at the Dallas roster right now, and you want to take a look at the last game. Finney Smith, 9 points in 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. Bullock, 40 minutes, 0 points. Yep. That is a problem. Uh-huh. And, like, listen, it's great. Brunson had 20. Kudos. Dinwiddle, 26 off the bench. Right. K- kudos. That's not going to be enough to keep up long term in this playoff series. Well, and they're and they're just you look at the rebounds from that game as well. You know, uh, Finney Smith four rebounds, and this is total offensive and defensive. I'm not splitting these up. These are total. Mm-hmm. Finney Smith four rebounds, uh, Bullock four rebounds, Powell two rebounds, uh, Brunson five, Luca eleven, uh, Keebler, Keebler uh, four, uh, Bertans one. Uh, you had Dinwiddie two. Uh, Frank Nidalekina, none. Uh, and then on the flip side with Golden State, you had Draymond with five, Wiggins with 11, Looney with 12, uh, Curry with five, Clay with seven. Uh, then you had Otto Porter Jr. with one. Uh, another guy who had none. Uh, what is it? Jordan Poole had five. And then you had uh, the other last guy who played with one. So they're just getting boxed out on down low on the rebounds. Yeah, there's nothing to do. And Dinwiddie, and I apologize for messing the name up. 
he's doing all he can. Right. But he's not going to match up. No. I'm sorry. Like, it's, no. The the Splash Brothers are clicking. Uh-huh. And did what he is trying to do, everything he can in his power. Like, listen, I, I applaud him. He's given everything he's got. But they're just not having that matchup go in their favor. Like, Splash, I'm sorry. Splash Brothers are clicking. They're also playing with a chip on their shoulder because, you know, Curry, during one of these games, I forget which one it was, said, you know, oh, it's nice to be back and clicking after having two years and not being here. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, that was partially because of injuries and just a bad set of circumstances. But they're playing with that chip because it's been two years, and honestly, it feels like they've been forgotten a little bit just because of the, the, the Brooklyn Nets and the L.A. Lakers and all the other teams. Are like, Golden State's still there. Are they as dominant as they were during their last title run with Kevin Durant and that? No, are they still a very sound team offensively and defensively? Yes. And to and to me, they've been forgotten a little bit, and they know it, and they've got a chip on their shoulder. In a very weird sense, they remind me a bit of the San Antonio trio. Mm. When you want to talk about Tim Duncan, yeah. Manu, and Tony Parker. Yep. That everybody thought they were done. For, like, multiple years. Uh-huh. And they still hung on and scrapped. Uh-huh. That is what Golden State looks like to me right now. Kinda, yeah. And I think that this is going to be a scary thing going into the playoffs for any for anybody they're going to be facing out of the East. Because I'm sorry, this is going to be a wrap. They're going to sweep Dallas. Would I say it's a lock? If you want me to put a percentage on it, I'll say 90%. There is still a chance. I mean, something could happen, and you never know. Sure. Dallas might find magic in a bottle one night, but they're the pow- not. Gonna... The power of uh, Charles Barkley coming in on a horse might compel them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the only thing they got going in their favor, maybe. But I mean, Dinwiddie's doing all he can. Brunson is contributing, sure, and Luca is playing out of his mind for forty minutes and forty points. But you take a look at everybody else on Golden State, mm-hmm. and they're almost their entire starters were in double digits, except for Looney. He had nine. Right. But you know what? Give me 12 rebounds out of him, and I'll, oh, call, God, it, yeah. I'll call that a solid trade. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's the Dennis Rodman effect. Like, I don't care how many fucking points he's got on the on the box score. As long as he's getting me rebounds, I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's that's all you need. Exactly. So they're looking like the elite team that is making that last run. Dallas, listen, it's nice you guys were here. Yeah. Nothing against it, but you need more help. And, oh, yeah, you and, do. And you don't you know. have, and you just don't you don't have it with this roster. I'm sorry. There's no way you're gonna tell me otherwise. You get you like you like we said, you got a great player in Luca, one of the faces in the NBA. You got some great role players around him, but you just need a couple more pieces to really plug in and figure out that system and go, all right, hey, we got it figured. It's interesting you brought up the next game, uh the game that's taking place uh tonight as we record, and I decided to look it up. Uh the game is taking place, of course, tonight, nine PM as we record. It's in Dallas. I want to note that in Dallas. Uh, currently, as we record, Dallas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Interesting. Uh-huh. I think that's going to swing the Golden State by game time. By game time, it should, yeah. Yeah. I, they typically open up with a minus three to for right. most home teams. So, right. I, I, yeah, I think that's going to come down. I think Golden State's going to wind up pulling it off. I mean, Dallas might sneak one out. Like, let's be honest. I, I give them some chance. Like, you never know if Luke is going to have a career 50 points. And then Dinwiddie gives them something extra too, right? But they would have to have a near perfect game, and yeah, that's what they're. And you're gonna ha- you're gonna need to have Curry, Wiggins, Clay, and Draymond all collectively forget how to play. Yeah, they're just gonna have to have a night like Miami. <laughs> like to put it mildly, they, yeah, no, they are. That's exactly what yeah. they're gonna need because Dallas is gonna get swept. I'm sorry. It is what it is. I mean, it's it sucks if you're a Dallas fan, but hey, right uh, right place, wrong time. 
Well, that's just the issue with Golden State just getting hot at the right time. I mean, you talk about playoff momentum, and they definitely got in there. I mean, sure, some things went in their favor. Sure. You know, obviously, you take a look at their playoff run. Yeah, they've they've had some uncanny luck fall in their favor. Sure. Can they was can they maintain this moving forward? Absolutely. And that's why I say when they wind up facing whoever comes out of the East, it's gonna be a great series. Oh yeah. And I think that you'll see either team really give them a struggle on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah. The only thing is, if it's Miami, I think the Warriors have a better chance to yes. win outright. Yes. Just because they're so streaky on their offensive side. Uh-huh. I think if it's Boston. That, they'll, give them, they'll give them some headaches. Yeah, Boston. That'll might, go at least six, if not seven. Yeah, Boston will give them a way better matchup. I would like either of those matchups, but if, you know, I had to make a choice, like split-second decision, Boston and Golden State, because that would be the better matchup. Fully agree on that, but we got to make sure we keep our eyes on both playoff series as they move forward. One is going to be done tonight. The other one, well, I would not say we're going to call it a wrap just yet, but it's going to make some – very interesting talk around the water cooler this week. And definitely keep your eyes on the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. Don't call it a comeback. You never know. Just putting it out there. But we gave you our takes, ODPH Society. Now hit us up with yours. Hashtag ODPH pod. What is your takes on the current NBA playoffs? Who you like coming out of the West? Are you with us that Golden State's just going to whip out the brooms and start sweeping the floor? Because I think it's a done deal. And who do you like coming out of the East? I know we got some Boston fans out there that follow us up there. I want to hear their takes. Are your Celtics going to punch that ticket, or is Miami going to sneak back in this series? Let's discuss, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ooh, I've been dying to try this place. Oh my god, me too. I've heard such good things about it. Welcome to the Crime Diner. I'm Cindy. I'll be cooking for you this evening. Here are your menus. Oh, what are you thinking about getting? I don't know, murder with a side of cannibalism? What about you? Ooh, that sounds good. I'm torn between historical mayhem and the social injustice, maybe? Oh. I just want to let you know that each episode comes with dinner, dessert, and a specialty drink chosen by yours truly. Wine Dine and Storytime has had a makeover, and we invite you to slide into the booth with us at the Crime Diner, where each week we will discuss a crime over dinner, drinks, and dessert. See you there! Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, time to talk a little pro wrestling. Such good shit! So why don't we kick off talking about something you like to talk about, Pat, and that's Monday yeah. Night Raw. Yeah, so you had Monday Night Raw take place last night. Of course, we are uh, just about under two weeks now away from the upcoming uh, live event, a premium live event, Hell in a Cell, which is taking place on Sunday, June 5th, uh, from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. I uh, got a couple of matchups set up for that. Of course, we do have Cody Rhodes taking on Seth freaking Rollins inside Hell in a Cell. Fantastic. Uh, one of the matchups that was set up last week, but then got a little bit added to it this week, was last week it was set up with, of course, we talked about that whole fiasco and that whole nonsense. Uh, for more on that, this week's 607 TWS is good coverage for you. Uh, but the match was matchup was set between Bianca Belair taking on Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Well, last night, 
uh, because Becky Lynch decided to dress uh, dress like Gangrel from the Brood days. If you don't believe me, look up the photo and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch and Asuka had a match last night where if Becky Lynch won, she would be added to the matchup to make it a triple threat. And, well, surprise, surprise, she did. So you now have Bianca Belair taking on Becky Lynch and Asuka in a triple threat for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. other uh, events that took place or things that took place last night was you've got the f- ongoing feud between uh, Omos and Bobby Lashley. Uh, they did have a match last night where it was said, all right, hey, we're going to have a stipulation for this because this appears to be like they're going to be finally the, the uh, closeout final matchup between the two in this feud. Uh, you know, hey, listen, we're going to have a matchup between you two. There's going to be a stipulation for Hell in a Cell. It's not in Hell in a Cell, but we're going to have a stipulation for you. Whichever one of you wins, you get to pick the stipulation. Almost won, so he decided to make the matchup a two-on-one handicap matchup. So you've got Bobby Lashley taking on Omos and MVP, uh, which should be should be an all right match. That'll be a good match. Yeah. And then you've got the further ongoing, I would say, greatest storyline they've got going on. The most entertaining. The most entertaining storyline they've got going on. Uh, you've got Ezekiel taking on Kevin Owens. That all taking place at Hell in a Cell. And God, that story just gets better and better each week. I will say that Kevin Owens is making the best of this storyline. I know... For me personally, like it doesn't move the needle, but it's it's entertaining. Like, oh yeah, it is. and when he hams it up and really plays into his comedic timing, which he's excellent at, uh-huh. it makes for quality television. Yeah. So I can't be mad about this. Uh, some of the other stuff that took place during Raw, you did have Matt Riddle open up the show, basically saying, "Hey, Randy's been going through a lot. He's got some back issues, so it sounds like Randy's going to be out for in uh, und- in." What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, unspecified. There it is. Unspecified amount of time, which which sucks. But I know in recent months he did an interview with somebody talking about like his career and his history. It was right around the time of his you know 20th anniversary debut or whatever on Raw. Uh, I know he did say, and I'm paraphrasing. I wish I hadn't have chosen a finisher that was so rough on my back. Yeah. So knowing he said that, coupled with the fact that you know Riddle said he's going to miss some time because of the back. Not entirely surprising, but we do wish him well and a, and a speedy recovery. Oh, absolutely. You know, so you had that going on, and then you also had uh, Judgment Day uh, cut a promo where they're basically, the rumors do appear to be true, or at least they're feeding into the rumors and they're going all kayfabe with it, that they are, you know, looking for a fourth member, you know, that, oh, you can really help yourself and help your career, and, and kind of the usual heel tactics and heel stuff you hear them say. Edge then decided to throw out every single name that has been rumored of joining their faction. That's insane. Uh, Everyone from Tommaso Ciampa to Drew McIntyre's name got thrown out there, which was wild. Uh, The crowd kind of went, oh, and and Edge is like, yeah, didn't expect that one, did you? You know, Liv Morgan's name got mentioned. Finn Balor's name got mentioned. AJ Styles' name got mentioned. So literally everyone under the sun uh, got mentioned for that. But I'm going to go a swerve. What about Joe Gacy? You know, it would make sense, except he's so tied up with things in yeah, NXT. I, I don't think they would move. Him. I'd love to see Joe get to the main roster. I would too. I think you'd see us erupt on Twitter for all the right reasons. Uh huh. If he gets up there uh-huh. uh, currently, no. You know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure who they would bring up because I'm trying to think of somebody that was in NXT mm-hmm. that was part of like the Eli Drake group. Oh yeah, you when know she's on SmackDown now. Yeah, he's, he's got, now been repracticed. He's got a new name. He's got a new name again because reasons. Yeah, well, you know, what? I'm not so mad about when they get the name change when they get up to the main roster because, like, we need to remember this, and I know this always gets lost in the shuffle. Vince likes characters 
and he likes to have copyright sure. of names. Sure. So I think it's smart that everybody's changing their name when they go up to the main roster. So you don't get a situation when you leave the company and you can't use the name that you've been wrestling under. See, but I agree with that 100%, 110%. But he already had a name change because he was Eli Drake on the Indies. He was LA Knight in NXT, which is already a name change. Mm-hmm. Why did you need to change it again? I don't know. Just reasons. Well, you know what? I still think that, in my, and just this is my opinion, I think Vince gets hearing about NXT. Yeah. And he's still like, yeah, it still needs work, kid. You know, like it's it's something like, yeah, I was fine there, but you're on the big show now. I you just, know, I just need him to end up on Raw and have a promo off with Miz because reasons. It's gonna happen. It, it needs it, to. It needs to. But it's interesting to see. I mean, that could be another person signs yeah. in with Judgment Day. Like, I mean, they're doing a lot of cool things that are flying under the radar of Raw yeah. because Raw hasn't been good. I mean, I think that's yeah. one thing we can be very honest about. Yeah, WWE yeah. product is very. Uh, much left to be desired in a lot of fans' eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. mine, mine especially. And yeah. I know Rich from 3FN is always yeah. talking about that too. So it's interesting, though, to see how this faction plays out and where they're going to go with it. I mean, right. that's that's the end of the day. Right. And then but, the only other thing, and I think we might see something at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, is they do have the tournament that's supposed to be upcoming for the now vacated Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, you know, they did announce that on Friday. Everyone was freaking out. Oh, Pat McAfee's reaction. Pat McAfee said on his show yesterday, listen, that was the first instance I heard that news. So he goes, my reaction was genuine because I was hearing that for the first time. So everyone calmed down about Pat's reaction. Yeah. Uh, and the other rumor I did hear was that um, there might be some NXT temporary call-ups for this tournament. So you might see a Casey Catanzaro and her tag team mm-hmm. show up for this ta- for this tournament just because, as everyone knows, there's not a whole lot of women's tag teams on the main roster right now. Right. But, you know, if they call it Toxic Attraction, I'm oh. there. I'm there. Yeah, me too. And I'm telling you, when they bring all three of them up, because that's only a matter of time. Oh, yeah. They're definitely going to be some game changers up there on the main roster. Mandy uh-huh. Rose will be arguably your biggest or one of the biggest faces of the women's division. Oh, she should be. She's doing killer work down yeah. in NXT. Like, say what you will about 2.0, but she is doing some really good stuff, and that whole group is. Oh, God, So yeah. w- when they call them up, they're they're primed and ready to go to the main roster. Like, this is going to be something that definitely doesn't matter what show they're going to go on. They're going to be a huge thing mm-hmm. when they come up. So definitely excited to see about that. Yeah. But like I said, if I can get uh, – Toxic Attraction to make a quick appearance now. I'm That'd in. Be good. I'm in. But that is not the big wrestling news of the week, though. Nope. There is another show that's going on. Pad will not be watching. Nope. I will be watching because we're having a, a watch party here, a house party at 607 Podcast. Going to be checking out this coming Sunday, May 29th, from Las Vegas, Nevada. It is AEW, All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing. Appropriately titled since, well, it's in Vegas. Yes, indeed. So this is arguably the biggest pay-per-view of AEW's calendar year. I always say it's all out, but some people go for the nostalgia reasons because this is the first pay-per-view that AEW ran a show on. So this is very sentimental to the diehard fans of AEW. And it's still going to be a great show no matter what. You can watch it if you're not in attendance in Las Vegas on the Bleacher Report app. Fight TV International, and Domestic uh, Cable, which we'll be watching on because we'd like to do it that way. So that being said, 
Pad, why don't we break down the card and then, you know, honestly, we can talk a little back and forth because I know you know some of the people, you sure. don't know some, some of the others, so sure. let's get into it. Uh, so the first matchup, uh, according to the Wikipedia page, it looks like this matchup will be taking place on the pre-show, uh, is a tag team matchup between the teams of Hookhausen, which is Hook and Danhausen, taking on Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. You are correct. I, okay. ha- I have the press release from AEW actually in front of me, too, so I will be able to verify. Because there was a couple rumored matches that they have added in here. So, right. so we'll definitely kind of pan that out. So, Hookhausen, have you been following the great pairing in I've, AEW? I've heard bits and pieces. that Hook showed up, and then, and then you had Dan, Dan Housen showed up, and everyone wanted them to team together. And now they're finally teaming together, and everyone's real excited. See, here's the thing I will say about AEW about this. Hook came in with a lot of... Hype, to say the least. Son yeah. of Taz, yeah. waiting to see. And he is very impressive, but he's a little smaller in stature in comparison to some of the, the other people on the roster. According to some people, the greatest thing since the Taco Bell pizza. It is crazy to see. He does have a very big cult following. Like, when you talk to AEW yeah. fans, like, yeah. they are all in on Hook. Dan Housen, always entertaining. He is just gold. Yeah. So... This is AEW's version of the Rock and Sock connection when Mankind was teaming with The Rock in WWE. Like, they are such polar opposites. They work together. And this does help Hook, who really hasn't done any promo work. He's talked very little. Dan Housen is just, you know, a promo machine. Mm -hmm. So this works. And they're taking on Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. And that's, I mean, it's going to be a fun comedic match because that's how they're going to play this off. Uh, There's no way that Hookhausen does not win this. Right. There this is gonna be a pretty much as much of a lock as you can be, even though Tony Nice did squash Dan Housen in under two minutes on the right. on the last dynamite. There was another pre match that was rumored to be going on, mm-hmm. and that is rumored right now, might come out official. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte okay. are gonna be taking on either Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page, from what I've read. This is strictly rumor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Paige Van Zant, oh. who's making her debut. She's been training. She's been training. She did get signed by AEW. Right, I did so, hear that. And I know she's been training. This is rumored to be happening on the pre-show. Oh, all right, makes sense. Yeah, so I do think this will be Scorpio Sky. I don't think this will be Ethan Page because Scorpio is, you know, just made the big heel turn again. And, right, you know, that kind right. Of, but I'm glad to see him on TV, so I'm okay with this. I'm rooting for Team Dan Lambert all day, every day. Best promo in the game. Facts. It's not even close. Like, MJF is the only one who's in the ballpark, but Dan Lambert's promos on AEW are just gold. Solid gold, 24 karat. Uh, So I'm rooting for them, but I fear it's going to be Sam and Ty. Yeah. For reasons. Uh, Next up in the first matchup listed for the uh, main card is a singles matchup for the AEW TBS Championship, and you've got Jade Cargill defending her belt against Anna Jay. Jade is awesome. Anna Jay is great. This will be a fun match. Um, I don't think there'll be a lot of time here. Probably not. I know, like, Jade is still coming into her own, but she is a superstar in the making. They gave her the baddie section, mm. which is awesome. It's a good name. Uh, it's it's great. Like that, I I want to see more of them on TV. I'm I'm sold on this. So that being said, I do say it's going to be end end still without question. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm not sure 
where exactly this is going to be placed on the card. Like, I don't, I don't know if this would be the opener. Probably probably midway through it would be my guess. You know, if I had to guess, and this is without really knowing too much, I'm going to say and still as well, just because to me, the AWTBS championship is still relatively new. And I think you and being a brand new championship, I think you want to build it up a little bit. Mm. And playing hot potato back and forth between, all right, I, I have the championship belt. Now you have the championship belt. Now the third person has the championship belt within like a couple of months isn't really doing too much to build up the belt a little bit. So you've got to build it up, give it some of that prestige before you start having it passed around. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, next up is a, going to be the uh, final matchup in the Men's Owen Hart Cup tournament. Uh, this matchup is not entirely final yet because, if I'm not mistaken, the second opponent will get determined this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. Correct. Uh, one of the people that is in the final matchup, though, is one Adam Cole. Baby. Uh, and he will be taking on either Kyle O'Reilly or Samoa Joe, who their matchup is, like we mentioned, is taking place this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. So this one could go, obviously, one of two ways. Mm-hmm. But, I'll, but let me break this down for you, though. So Samoa Joe was jumped at the end of last week's Dynamite by the Ring of Honor faction. See, this one thing they have kind of yep. Jay Lethal's lead in his own faction. Yep. And he was, quote-unquote, injured. Oh. You know, like hurt in the shoulder. Oh. So he's not coming in this match 100%. Kyle O'Reilly is obviously his opponent for this. This should be a great match this coming Wednesday on Dynamite. That being said, AEW can really go one of two places here, uh-huh. legitimately. And what I mean by this is, like, everybody's assuming it's going to be Samoa Joe. I would think this would be Samoa Joe. That would be the safe bet. But I'm not saying they wouldn't go do something a little crazy here. And Kyle O'Reilly is the opponent for Adam Cole. Now, obviously, if you know their history together, they have been the frenemies for mm-hmm. so long in professional wrestling. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt them putting that match on a, on the grand stage. But I could see this also being Samoa Joe versus Cole, and that's where I'm going to go with it for the safe bet. And I see Adam Cole Bye-bye. winning this outright. I don't I don't care who he's facing. He's going to win the men's tournament. Any thoughts on that? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to say the same thing. I think it's going to be Samoa Joe just because this is one of your biggest, if not your biggest, pay-per-views of the year. You want to really, And this isn't a slight against Kyle O'Reilly. But you want to have your big matchups, you want to have your great matchups, and I think putting Adam Cole against Samoa Joe really gives it some, you know, flair and pizzazz to it, you know, and I think, <coughs> excuse me, creates for a good match. And But, yeah, no, I listen, it doesn't matter who Adam Cole faces. It's going to be Adam Cole at the end of the day with uh, winning this whole thing. Absolutely. Next up is the uh, going to be the f- final matchup in the Women's Owen Hart Cup Tournament, and this one is not entirely settled yet. Uh, so the final matchups yet to come are Tony Storm taking on uh, Britt Brit Baker DMD for one part of that matchup that, uh, taking place this coming Sunday. The other side is Ruby Soho taking on Chris Statlander for the other side. Uh, so any thoughts on who will be the final two entrants? Yeah, so this is how I, I'm guessing this is going to play out. Tony Storm and Britt Baker are locked for this Wednesday. Okay. So that's going to be on Dynamite. Rampage is going to be Statlander and Ruby, I would assume. All right. So I'm going to say this is going to be Britt Baker over Tony Storm. I could see that going down. And then I see Ruby getting the upset over Chris Statlander. All right. I think that that will be a really – I think both women's matches here are going to be really great So this week. And then when we get to the finals, I think you're going to have Ruby take on Britt. Okay. And I think that that's going to be an interesting one. I do see Britt going over um, because I have this sinking suspicion. Uh The more that I'm thinking about this, Mm -hmm. we're going to see Britt and Thunder Rosa meet up sooner than later. Mm -hmm. 
I don't have a timetable when. I'm just saying sooner than later. Mm. And I will leave it at that. Mm. Uh, I'm going to agree with you for everything you said. And then also, if you want more of my explanation and reasoning in specific regard to the AEW Women's World Championship, uh, listen to what Rich said on this week's 607 TWS. Yes. Because that's where I th- what he said is why I'm thinking uh, Britt Baker's going to win this whole thing. I, I'm I'm in the same uh, mindset as that as well. Uh-huh. And this is what I said. Like, it's still going to be entertaining matches nevertheless. Like I said, Tony Storm and Britt should put on a great match this yeah. week. But all signs point to Britt getting back to that title picture. Yep. There's no question or doubt in my mind about that. Yep. Uh, next up is a singles matchup, and funnily enough, uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship, where you have the champion Thunder Rosa taking on Serena Deep. Okay. So, correct me if I'm wrong, Pad. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa's had the belt for 60 days. I believe that's what Rich said. Give yeah. take. Yeah. And she's only been on TV 20 minutes. According to what Rich has read, yes, 20 minutes. So they've been doing a very strong disservice, in my opinion, for Thunder Rosa's title reign. Fucking atrocious. And I don't even watch. No, I agree, too. And the only thing that's been announced for this week, because I am looking at the press release from AEW, is we will hear from Thunder Rosa this Wednesday on Dynamite. I'm seeing the same thing you are. So... That being said, her against Deeb is going to be the match of the night. Should be. I'm going to call it right now, and there's nothing that's going to sway my opinion. I hope they give them a prime time location on the card. And it, honest to God, if they open with this, I'd be perfectly fine with That'd this. That'd be the smart move. Because these two are going to tear the roof off the place. They're going to put on a great match. I am calling Thunder Rosa for the win. Okay. And I think for any of this nonsense... And this is nothing against Serena Deep. Serena Deep will be a champion in AEW sooner than later. Right. But for anybody that's screaming the Thunder Rosa title run has failed, it's you know it's time to move the belt. I'm going to say you're wrong, and I'm going to say because it's not on Thunder Rosa's part. Mm-hmm. This has not worked out. But for whatever reason, they have not given her proper time to get on TV right. and get that belt over. She's only had one match, to my knowledge, defending the belt. Great match, but still not enough to really establish that reign. Mm. I don't think it's going to be the time to take the belt off her. I think they're going to build a little feud between her and Deeb, which is the smart move to do. Deeb is coming off a very, very good feud with uh, Sheeta. Mm. So I think they could definitely run with this a little longer. I hope they do. And then if you're going to put Britt back in that title picture at all out, okay. Right. Like I say, not happy about it. Right. Nothing against Britt, but I think it's it, you got to give Thunder Rosa a proper time with the belt. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I'm taking and still and hoping I'm right. Yeah, no, I'm going to say the same thing. Like this should be a great matchup, but what they've been doing for Thunder Rosa and I, like I said, I don't even watch the goddamn show. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she's been a champion and she's a great champion, but it, she's only been on TV for supposedly 20 minutes. Yeah, in, something stupid in like 60 that. 60 days is fucking atrocious. Uh, moving on, the next matchup is a three-way tag team matchup for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, uh, and you've got the uh, defending champs in Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage, uh, taking on Team Taz, that's Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, also taking on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Okay, so this is kind of an interesting setup of how we got here. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have been tag team champs for quite a while. Right. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs have been having a feud with Swerve and Keith Lee. Mm. And it's been it's been very good. And then suddenly now we're putting the tag team champs in the mix. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine with it. You're right. 
So we're now going into where, if rankings matter, I believe Swerve and Keith Lee are the number five tag team mm-hmm. on the ranking board in mm-hmm. AEW. And now they're in a title shot. Like, listen, I love both those guys. So I'm not mad about this, but I'm just saying if we're going to say rankings matter, we got to call that out about it. Right. So that said, I am calling N new. And I'm going to say I'm rooting for Starks and Powerhouse Hops. Right. Because I think that would be a great thing for them to run with the belts. But I feel, and I'm not going to be mad about this either, it's going to be Keith Lee and Swerve. Yeah, so I am looking at AllEliteWrestling.com, and it is their rankings. uh, And they don't have anything more recent. Uh, So the most recent rankings as of May 18th, 2022. So that's a week ago. Uh, the, the tag team champions are Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. The number one uh, for contenders, number one is FTR. Not on the card. Number two is Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. In title match. Uh, number three is Gun Club. Not on the card. Number four is John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Not on the card. And then you've got number five, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Team Taz through some dastardly shenanigans from Taz. Simply because I'm looking at it. you got two guys from Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, maybe Christian Cage will be there. He's listed on the thing. Yeah, he usually walks out with You know, him. he's there. He's there. Uh, you've got two guys from Team Taz. you got two guys from uh, Keith Lee uh, and Swerve Strickland. I think Taz might be, like, the third element of, like, some dastardly means and heal means and help them win uh, because heal reasons. Well, no, who knows? Yeah, you know, I'm going to say I think this is where Christian Cage does his heel turn. They've been kind of quietly teasing it mm-hmm. that he's going to break away from uh, Jurassic Express, which I'm all I'm I'm thousand percent for. I think right. I think the pairing is kind of like when Darby was paired with Sting. Right. Like, okay, it's good for a little while, but it's like, all right, now we got to do something else. I feel the same way here, and I think they're going to set up a feud between Jungle Boy and uh, Christian Cage. And listen, give me that all day. Yeah. I'll take that. Uh, next up is um, Anarchy in the Arena matchup, yeah. whatever the fuck that means. Uh, this is between the Jericho Appreciation Society, which uh, is which is Ken's favorite tag team of all time. Uh, hit, hit me up on t- uh, Twitter if you want to mail him some merch for that. Oh, God. Uh, so that is the team of Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. I believe they're called 2.0 these days. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Garcia and Jack Hager taking on uh, Eddie Kingston, Santana, or- and Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club, and Brian Danielson, and John Moxley, and presumably William Regal will be there at ringside. God damn. Yeah. So and, th- and it's an anarchy in the arena match, which whatever the fuck that means. I'm guessing we're going to run all over the street, arena. So it's going to be a street fight without calling it a street fight? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the only way you can describe it. And that's what you need to do for this. The whole Jericho Appreciation Society thing, I just don't get Like, I... I understand why people like it. Like, and if you do, hey, more power to you. Not, I'm not complaining about that. For me, though, I'm just, I get annoyed with it. I mean, it just kind of feels like it's an over the hill boy band that's going out right. there each week. Oh and, yeah. And I mean, Chris Jericho now saying he's a wizard because he threw a fireball at Eddie yeah, Kingston's face is kind of getting yeah, a little. Yeah, I heard something about that. I will say I'm extremely happy though for Daniel Garcia to get some time on TV because I think he's very talented. Um, but I. Don't know if the whole, like, we're sports entertainers thing is really working for me. Right. But like I say, I understand why fans like it. And listen, more power to you. I'm not, just for me, ain't my cup of java. Yeah. But anytime I can get more John Moxley with Eddie Kingston, I'm here for. There's going to be some blood. If it, if it ends up being a street fight, there will be blood. Oh, there's got to be. And the only thing is. His, as, wife, his wife, Renee, will be cringing at home. 
Well, yeah, because they're going to do some wild crap in there just for reasons. Pizza cutters. Yeah, which I love how Moxley came out and said, we're like, we ain't doing no stadium stampede nonsense. I love that. I mean, he's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. The only question mark that we have, though, is Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. Now, there was that freak. Yeah. To to put it mildly. Uh-huh. Freak injury. Can't put that on anybody. Hey, shit happens. Yeah, where his leg got stuck between the ramp and the ring. Right. So, as far as we know, he is still wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, we'll find out a little more on Wednesday night if he's still going to be a go. I imagine yeah. he's going to be at the stage that they haven't announced anything just yet. Right. But those guys are absolutely going to go want to put on a show. You're going to see some crazy crap happen. This is going to be uh, Team Kingston all day oh, yeah. for the win. Oh, like, I'm thinking the same thing. There's no way. I, I see yeah. this going otherwise. Unless some weird shenanigans where another fireball comes out because we got to say, like there's I'm the, a wizard. There's no way I can picture a lesson. He's great, but he's still getting up there in age. Chris Jericho, whatever he is, 163 years old. Yeah. You know, the, the 2.0 guys. Daniel Garcia and Jack Hager beating, collectively beating Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz. I'll 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 put him in there because we haven't heard otherwise. Brian Danielson mm-hmm. and John Moxley. There's no way. Yeah, and Wheeler Yuta is over in New Japan right now for the Super Bowl, right. so he's he's not gonna be on the card. Like the only thing they could do is get a substitute, like maybe Homicide. I, or I was thinking maybe Morrison because I know he showed up on uh, on AW, you know, the last week or whatever yeah. it is. You know, if he's not doing anything this weekend, maybe throw Morrison in there. They might do that. I mean, because like they've done that in the past, where like uh, Matt Hardy was paired with right. the Inner Circle, right? When, you know, they're doing their nonsense, right? And just so I could see that happening, or like he was just randomly paired with somebody. I forget yeah. who it was at the time. Yeah. So bear with me. I mean, you've seen that before. I know there was the one WWE pay per view. Kurt Angle was a member of the Shield. Mm-hmm. I know there was a house show where Triple H was a member of the Shield. Yeah, like so, shit like that happens all the time. Yeah, so you could see that happen. Like, but my safe bet would be like they'll call Homicide out. Yeah, to maybe. come to come be the extra man if they need it. Maybe either way, it should be a fun match. Yeah. Uh, next up is a six man tag team matchup between the House of Black, which is Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King. Uh, taking on Death Triangle, which is the team of Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix. Okay, so the only thing that is certain for this is Phoenix is going to do something completely over-the-top crazy that he should probably not do. Probably. I'm here for this, though. Three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and that. Yep. <laughs> Phoenix goes all out for some crazy-ass bump that he's going to take during this match. Right. But that being said, Team House of Black all day. I love this faction. I wish they did more with them on TV. Mm-hmm. I think there's a huge upside if they just give them the time. And with Death Triangle, like, listen, it's going to be a great match. I'm not going to question anything about the ring work. I don't really much care about Penta's new gimmick, uh, the Oscura. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really do anything for me. Um, but, like, if you give me more Malachi Black just kicking people. Right. And him and Buddy Matthews. And Buddy Matthews getting some time to shine. Like, listen, I'm here for it. So, I am going to say House of Black all day for the win. I'm going to say the same thing, and they're going to be, because I know there's the rumored Trios titles. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're waiting on Kenny Omega, allegedly. You know, I think they're going to make, coming out of this match up, uh, whether it's during the pay-per-view or Dynamite, the, you know, the week after, they will be named as the number one contenders for those uh, new titles. No, I think, you know what, I think, though, we're going to have a summer tournament. Yeah, maybe. That, that's what I feel, which is the right thing to do. But, yeah, they could definitely be number one contenders for that, I maybe. think. Make or or if you're doing a tournament, make them number one seed. Yes, give me that. Uh, next up, because apparently it's 2017, and this is apparently the ROH Supercard of Honor 11. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is the Hardys and Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy taking on Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson in uh, with as the Young Bucks. 
Because, like I said, apparently it's 2017. Let's go back in the time warp again, shall we? Yeah. Um, yeah, I to be honest, I really just don't care about this match. I cared about this matchup, and I remember watching that matchup in 2017 because it was the first time it ever happened. You know, and, and nobody ever thought it happened. And, oh, my God, the Bucks and the Hardys are finally getting together. It's been five years. Yeah. Like, seen it before, not really all that special. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. But, like, they're five years older. Neither the hard, neither of the Hardys move around like they used to. No. So it's going to be a very stiff match. And I don't mean that from it's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be very stiff just because they don't move around like they used to. And they've taken a few more bumps in the, that time. But, yeah, ugh, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm definitely not for all the reasons you just brought up. Like, listen, I, I, the Hardys are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Facts. Seeing them in the ring nowadays, I, I wish the best, but it, it definitely looks like the tolls that they've taken on their body are catching up to them. This is like the rumored opponent I heard for the uh, Ric Flair one more match thing. I, I read that and I was like, no, just no, no. Yeah, it, I just it's not doing anything for me. And this match is a good nostalgia match. Sure. Which, which is fine. But, sure, sure. But if you, well, if you want to see a better version of it, Go watch ROH Supercard of Honor 11, 2017. Yeah, it would be, be 10 times better. Because at this stage, I mean, Jeff has been, and at least this is my fan opinion watching him in the ring. He's struggling, and he's definitely not looking very oh, crisp. He, oh, he said for a while, even before he left WWE, that he couldn't do the Swanton Bomb as much as he used to just because of the toll it's taken on his lower back. And, yeah. then, and then he only really reserves it for pay-per-views and, and high-moment spots. You know, So it's very clear he can't do it anymore. But, like I said, this matchup was good five years ago, and I was excited for this five years ago. But, like, this, this is almost like putting, you know, Tito Ortiz and, and uh, Chuck Liddell oh. Chuck Liddell together again. Like, no, I don't want to see this. Oh. No, that's bad memories right there. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I guess if i got to take a winner, I'm going to flip. I'm going to take the Young Bucks because of reasons. Double count out. Fuck you. Neither one of them win. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, next up is a singles matchup between MJF taking on Wardlow. Okay, this has actually had the best storyline going on in AEW right now. Okay. So if you haven't been following, Wardlow has been turning face a la Batista and Triple H. Okay. So Give me what I want. More or less. Uh, well, no, not that one. But, oh. but but he's been slowly doing the breakaway. He's been doing more things. He helped out CM Punk at the last pay-per-view. Right. So he's now trying to leave MJF. They are literally rehashing the MJF. Cody Rhodes storyline, <laughs> like perverbatum. So for everybody that's wondering, well, you th- like because this week is or last week was, uh, Wardlow had to take ten lashes from yeah. MJF because like they got a weird thing about lashes and it's like Texas Death Matches yeah. in, in AEW. It's, it's reasons. So then he now has to face Sean Spears in a steel cage match. Right. If he wins, well, then he gets to fight MJF at the pay per view. A la Cody, wow. who took lashes, yep. and then he had to fight Wardlow in a cage, which was very rough at the time. Right. At the time, I will say this though: how they're making Wardlow look now is a lot better than when we first saw him. He stopped right. doing the press slam, thank God. Oh, okay, but he's doing the power bombs. He's looking all that mystique of like winning the fans over. So this has become very organic. Sure, MJF, obviously the best heel in the business, doing heel things. Mm-hmm. So this match is going to be a great match when we see it. Mm-hmm. I could see this being a squash just for storyline purposes, but I think you're going to see a lot of run-ins from like Sean Spears. I think the the pinnacle is no more. Mm-hmm. So 
you might see uh god what is it uh uh, Tully Blanchard's faction in Ring of yeah, Honor, yeah. which was has never been mentioned since uh, sure. Supercard of Honor. Of just putting that out there. Of course. You might see them get involved. But this is going to be Wardlow winning. He's going to have that big moment. He's no longer under MJF's contract. Where we go from here is literally going to be the interesting point of this summer. And what I mean by this is Wardlow arguably will start getting into like a title picture with somebody else. Like mm-hmm. he's going to break away completely from MJF. Is he ready for it? I think so. Mm-hmm. But it depends on who he's against. And could I see him possibly getting into that TNT title mix? Yes. I'm going to say that right now. MJF's the one that we really got to keep our eyes on though. After this, because where does he go from here? Right. And there are a couple storylines they can do, but I'm not sure where we wind up mm-hmm. right now, to be honest with you. He does have some dance partners he can go da- dance with. I mean, there's no question about that. CM Punk is coming right to mind that they'll rehash that. Yeah, maybe. It would be smart to do. Could he go into something with Hangman Page? That's Easily. a possibility. I mean, there are some names there that he can go play around with and definitely have a good storyline with. But I think, though, if they rehash anything, you're going to hear those talks about him wanting out mm-hmm. get louder mm-hmm. and louder. Do you know how they got the Cody Cody counter on Monday Night Raw? Start the MJF counter. Exactly. So, And if I understand you right, MJF versus Wardlow, you said it's a rehash. It's kind of like they're redoing the story all over. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, if Listen, if there's anything uh, TNT viewers are should be nothing but familiar with, <laughs> it is reruns. Well played, Pat. Reruns, because what, what is TNT run during the day? Reruns. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, you're, you know what? That's some deep level thinking right there. I did not even put that together until you mentioned that. Same TNT. Well, you, you watch TNT, you're used to reruns. Well played, Pat. Well played. Uh, and then next up is going to be the main event of the evening, and that is a singles matchup for the AEW World Championship, and you've got the champion hangman Adam Page taking on the one, the only, CM Punk. And I will say... Well, we got one thing wrong about CM Punk when he debuted, you know, going on a year ago. We said he'd be within the title picture within a couple months. Well, it's been almost a year. Yeah, he took the roundabout way to get here, but yet here we are. The man that was supposed to be the savior of AEW in some people's eyes, the guy that was going to get the ratings pushed up, uh, has had a very mixed run here in AEW. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, like we touched upon, when he came in, that was supposed to be the game changer. Everything was over. Punk was back. And he has helped AEW in certain aspects. Right. I will say that in certain ones. But has he been the the needle mover we thought he was going to be? No, unfortunately. However, though, it seems, and this is going by the dog collar match he had with MJF, mm. we started seeing shades of the old CM Punk comeback, the best in the world. After that match, then suddenly the title talk started. Right. And it seems like this is the direction they want to go in because in the AEW faithful's mind, CM Punk is the most overface in the company. Mm-hmm. I beg to differ, though. Sure. I, I don't think he is. And I think that you're starting to see in a weird type of comparison mm-hmm. that John Cena polarizing mix. Okay. Like, they haven't gone, let's go punk, punk yeah, sucks. You so know. Yeah, Cena comes out, it's John Cena, so da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, okay. You haven't seen that happen okay. yet, but I think what you've seen is 
during that MJF title run, MJF was winning the promo battles. Right. And I think that they have not done a good job about trying to make Punk a, a face here. Sure. And they've really tried forcing Adam Page to be a heel. Now, one thing you got to remember, and since you don't watch AEW, I'll just give you a quick refresher. Sure. Hangman Adam Page is part of that original class. I, yep. I would say the first class from the Jacksonville pay-per-view or yep. a press conference. He is the homegrown hero of AEW. Right. So in a lot of AEW fans' minds, as, as mine included, he is your homegrown talent. He is supposed to be your Roman Reigns. He is supposed to be your guy. Well, he was supposed to. Be, I remember the fans online saying that, like, oh, you know, the build up to him winning the title was the greatest story of pro wrestling history. Sure. And then once he won the title, it was going to be the greatest thing of all time. And it's fallen flat. Mm-hmm. And it's something that unfortunately is paralleling to Thunder Rose's title win. I mean, I listen, I don't watch AEW, but I do see what goes on, you know, through Reddit and Twitter and, and going through YouTube and all that stuff. You know, I see clips pop up every now and again, you know, so while I don't watch, I'm still see what goes on. I couldn't tell you what the fuck he's been doing since his title run. I know he's had a couple title defenses, but nothing immediately like, oh, he had a great matchup on the insert date here episode of Dynamite between insert, you know, Russell here. Oh, it was fire. It was amazing. Like, to me, he's done fuck all. Yeah, no, they unfortunately, they haven't given him anything really to sink his teeth into. I'm sorry. I'm going to be very honest about it. Like, I know he's had, the what, the draw, the first title defense he right. had against Danielson, and yep. then they started throwing him into Texas death matches because, yeah, that's what he's known for, quote-unquote, against Lance Archer. And then you had that quick hiccup with uh, Adam Cole. Right. And then now you're here with Punk. Like, I'm sorry, that doesn't define the title movement that should have happened for your homegrown talent, the one your company rallied around. Mm-hmm. So now you're very quick to hit the reset button with Punk, who you feel, and this is your opinion, he is the guy. Well, and this is going to be the interesting thing because what's the one thing AEW fans love to harp on? Copying WWE? Well, that and ratings. Oh, yes. But we know, you know, the ratings have been what they are. You know, Dynamite up and down, Rampage mostly down. Yeah. You know, but this is going to be the moment that, like, consistently Rampage, uh, not Rampage, Dynamite has not cracked a million. They've hit it. You know, but they yeah, haven't. They've hit they, it, but they haven't consistently like SmackDown has been consistently two million. Occasionally a dip to one point nine, but there's still. But it hasn't been like a dip from like oh two point one one week to one point seven the next week. Like it hasn't been that big of a dip, outside of maybe like they've been on FS one. You mm-hmm. know, obviously that's an asterisk. You know, th- you know, gotta mention that. You know, but this is going to be the moment that, like, CM Punk is supposed to be your guy for the fans. He's supposed to be the difference maker, the needle mover, the demo guy, the, this, that, that. If Punk gets the belt, and it's not, well, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when Punk gets the belt, because yeah. I, I think he's winning on Sunday. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the tell that if Punk can't move that needle and can't bring in that fan base, your viewership is what it is, and the fan base is, is what, what it's at. And that and that's the end of the story. You can sit there and you can talk about ratings until you're blue in the face and the cows come home. But if Punk is your belt title holder, and and I'm sure there's going to be a bump right after the pay per view because there always is, no matter what federation you oh, watch, sure, or yeah, what absolutely. promotion you watch, uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, in whatever federation you watch after a pay per view, there's always a bump post uh, pay per view on their weekly show. There will be a bump, but will it stay consistent and sustained? That'll be the telling point. It's going to be a big telling point because there's only one scenario I see in my head that Paige retains. 
we have Forbidden Door coming up in June. True. And and depending on what they do with New Japan, right? That's going to be the key thing because there's one of two ways this could play out. Punk wins, which I'm going to go with Punk winning. Yeah. And then at that pay-per-view in Chicago, Punk's not wrestling anybody from New Japan. No. He's going to wrestle somebody from AEW. Probably. And 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 to, that and that would be such a disappointment. And and that show should be good and if you're going to watch it, you should be you should absolutely be decide, excited for it. I'm not trying to throw cold water or a blanket on top of it and smother your excitement or smother your fire. The only thing I want to bring up and I want to point out is, you know, the devil's advocate. How well did things go for the quote unquote forbidden door when they were doing stuff with impact wrestling? I agree. And you have every right to bring that up. But what I think the the card, like I said, the card should be good. Card should be amazing. There should be some great once in a lifetime matchups. Yeah. But ultimately when it comes down to those matchups, or those outcomes, let's not forget how things went with Impact and that whole Forbidden Door. I think what New Japan knows going into this is they're not going to let that happen. Because, I mean, let's face it, the AEW Impact deal was benefiting only AEW. Oh, yeah. They've had some New Japan stars on AEW programming. Usually they do not win, though. Right. So we have to kind of stress that. I mean, it's just, listen, wins matter. Rankings matter. Allegedly. Allegedly. So that being said, that's the only scenario I see Page winning. Right. Is if he's going to wrestle Okada, because Okada has already said he's coming to the pay-per-view. Right. There's not a chance in hell he's going to lose. No, hell no. Fuck no. Like, unless he's in a tag team, which will be a disappointment. He's not. If, if he's in a tag team, he's not taking the pin. No, he ain't taking no pin. There ain't no fucking chance of that. That's the only chance Page has to retain is if that's going to be your main event, Page versus Okada. But if it's, if it's Punk, guarantee you he's not going to wrestle anybody from New Japan. No, God, no. He'll wrestle somebody from AEW because of reasons. But that being said, we got to talk about this, and that's why I said welcome to the Summer of Punk, everybody. Love it or hate it, CM Punk's walking summer out Summer of Punk belt. 2.0. Yep. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, overall, like, taking away the the fan base, Pat. Mm-hmm. On paper, how does this card read to you? Looks all right. You know, got a couple of, of interesting matchups. Uh, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the uh, 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 Anarchy in the Arena? Yeah, that one, sh- that one should be good. Obviously, the Thunder Rosa matchup should be good. There, there should be some good matchups, but it's not sitting here going, holy shit. Like, there's some good matchups, I will admit. Yeah, I got to admit, like, this card is pretty solid from top to bottom. Like, I since I watch AEW, and you can definitely tell because I live tweet during Dynamite at OD Parlay Hour. If you haven't been following, you should drop that follow already. Mm-hmm. And I think, though, the only weak part of this card, honestly, is the buy-in. If, if, and I stress the rumor, Sammy and Ty match is going to be on there. Because I, I just don't really have any interest in that one. Hookhausen is going to be comedic, and is going to definitely get that crowd excited. And then going through the rest of the card, I mean, the sleeper match is going to be Death Triangle and House of Black. Mm-hmm. And depending on what you get out of the tournament finals, that could be something interesting as well. Thunder Rosa and Deeb is going to be your match of the night, and you can't tell me otherwise. They just need time to work, and I hope they get that. And then depending on what happens at the end of that show, because if CM Punk wins, the only swerve that could happen, and I stress swerve, Yeah. Is if Kenny Omega walks out, mm. just stands on the ramp or something. I know it's been reported that he, while he hasn't been on TV, he has been backstage the last couple of weeks, and he's even uh, produced some of the women's matchups the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so I could definitely see Kenny coming out there just maybe at the end of the ramp just to throw a curve to everybody and get the internet exploding. 
that we'll get Punk versus Omega. Maybe. Because that could be a main event, just saying, at uh, Forbidden Door. Nah, it'll be a main It'll be a main event on uh, Rampage. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> it'll be the highest-rated Rampage in, in quite some time. Let me tell you, sir, they might hit 700000 on that one. Either way. Shit, at this point, they'd like to hit 500000 Yeah, that's true. It's a bad time slot, bad day. Sorry, you're not competing against SmackDown. But they have nobody to worry about technically competing with on Sunday night, May 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Live on Bleacher Report if you're watching through the app, Fight TV International, or on Standard Cable, because that's what we're going to be watching on paper. And if you're watching on Bleacher Report, God help you. Yeah, it's not a. We are not fans of Bleacher Report on 607 Podcast. I think that's a very well noted uh, stance from our times when we had to order. So, that being said, ODPH Society, hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. What is your thoughts about AEW Double or Nothing? What's your take? Who you got winning the belts? Who's winning the big matches? What's your takes on a or WWE Raw? We gave you the Raw recap this week. And 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 if you want more wrestling content, check out 607TWS on your favorite podcast platform and on Twitch as well under twitch.tv slash 607podcast. And remember, check out Blogs Count Anywhere on odphpodcast.com parlay points. That being said, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. My name is JT. What's up, everyone? I'm Darren. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Josh. Hey guys, I'm Christian. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Dominic, and we're the East Coast Avengers. We're a group of five friends who get together weekly and talk about everything that's going on in the nerd universe. Whether you're a fan of Marvel, DC, Star Wars, video games, comics, or anything else nerdy that you can think of, we're the podcast for you. You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever streaming platform you use to listen to your favorite podcasts on. You can also catch us on our YouTube channel where we release tons of content such as vlogs, unboxings, TV and movie recaps, and trailer reactions. So if those things sound good to you, then check out the East Coast Avengers podcast. We hope you enjoy. Coming back for the third segment of this edition of the ODPH podcast, and it's time to talk some hockey. Oh, it's the playoffs, eh? Hey, indeed, indeed, because it is the quest for Lord Stanley's Cup, the best playoffs in all of professional sports, in my opinion, because the Stanley Cup is one of the most intense things to watch, especially if your team is in it. If it's out, then it's a little easier to watch and, and tolerate. Teeth are lost over this cup. Seriously. That I'm, is a fact. Oh, my God. It's been crazy thus far. So we're going to recap some of the series going on, and we'll save our personal favorite for last because, you know, we'd like to go on tirades about that. So, Pad, why don't you catch us up to speed? Yeah, so we are, of course, in the second round of the NHL playoffs. Uh, Currently in the Atlantic Division, you've got the number one-seeded Florida Panthers who were taking on the number three-seeded Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, And, well, that series is over, folks. Uh, The Lightning swept the Carolina Panthers, not the Carolina Panthers, the uh, Florida Panthers, excuse me, uh, winning the first game four uh, four goal, four to one, winning game two uh, two games to one, two I keep saying games. Good lord, uh, two goals to one, game three five goals to one, and then game four two goals to nothing. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, or as we like to refer to them as New York Rangers South, uh, swept the Florida Panthers four to nothing and move on to the next round. The Florida Panthers played like the Carolina Panthers because they were absolutely god-awful in this series. Yeah. Sorry, i got to put it out there. Like, Tampa Bay being the Stanley Cup machine that they are. Two-time defending champs. Honest to God, man. Which is weird. It's weird, but they have found a way to do this, and they have looked absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 
and this whole run currently that they're on, they're scary of whoever they face. Like, I figured going mm. into this series, they would be tired. Right. Because they have played so much hockey over the past few years. Because we talk about deep runs. Oh, yeah. Into the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the one thing you have to remember. The playoffs go so far into the summer. Oh, yeah. It's like late June. Yeah. And then they come back in, like, early October. Yeah, they come back first week of October. So you don't have that time to bounce back. It's it's I'll call it the LeBron James effect. We're like, how many years did he make it to the NBA Finals consistently? And then come back. And even there was a couple of those years where he was playing in the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, or, or something like that. And then come back and oh, turn quick turnaround in October again. Yeah. And Valeski there for Tampa Bay playing lights out and behind the net there. Yeah. Like he, when you have a hot goalie like him, they can shut down anybody. And like I said, Valeski, he does so well in these playoffs. Uh huh. That when you shut down a Panthers team, like, let's face it, this isn't the Panthers of old. Right. But when you allow them to have a combined three goals yeah. in the entire playoffs Wild. series that you have, like, and like I said, Florida was a great team this year. So they're the number one seeded team for a reason. But you run into a buzzsaw like Tampa Bay who's clicking at the right time. And, like, that's the thing. Your goalie got hot at the right time. Your team is not showing any signs of slowing down, uh-huh. which is just damn right frightening to put it mildly yeah this is a team you gotta keep an eye on no matter what and with them playing as high as they are like Khrushchev he's doing great too uh for the lightning and I mean Stamkos he's Stamkos doing Stamkos things mm-hmm. this is where this team really gets downright frightening and if you're a team that's got to face them and I'm even saying this as a Rangers fan I'm worried about facing them in the playoffs yeah if we get that far it's going to be a challenge to try slowing them down because this is such second nature to them. Mm-hmm. Like that's where things just are so insane with the squad, but that's how good they are. So we got to give them their due. Yeah. Like we always like to call them their New York Rangers South. So we do have a, we have a special place for them in our hearts, but let's face it. We still root blue shirt nation, the real blue shirt nation all day, every day. Also the Maple Leafs. Well, you know, when they decide not to play the Rangers, we're good. The Canucks. Yeah, are they still a team? Nah, I kid, I kid, I kid before you start getting some angry hockey tweets. See, this is why we say we don't cover too much hockey on here because I am very biased. It's New York Rangers versus everybody. So I can't exactly be the uh, polite fan if as yeah. I've been uh, referred to being. Yeah. But next up, though. Uh, next up is in the Metropolitan Division, where currently you, you've got the Carolina Hurricanes taking on the New York Rangers. Uh, currently, the series is two games to one in favor of Carolina. Game one, uh, Carolina won by the final score of two to one in overtime. Uh, game two, Carolina won as well by the final score of two to nothing. And then game three, the Rangers bounced back and won by the final score of three to one. Game four takes place this Tuesday, May 24th, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Game five uh, takes place on Thursday, May 26th, 7 o'clock Eastern. Games six and seven to be announced. Pat really wants me to get that smoke because he wants me talking that Rangers uh, slander. So this is what I'm going to be saying. The Rangers should be up 2 nothing Or 2-1, rather. I'm sorry. Okay. They should be. Game 1 was in their reach. They had the game late. Cacao missed a wide-open net late that would have iced the freaking game. And then, for whatever reason, the Rangers just got sloppy mm-hmm. and thought they had this game locked up. For whatever reason, like it still blows my mind that they thought, okay, we we don't really got to press. We can just kind of get by here and do what we do. 
this was a situation that they let Carolina get back in this. And game two is game two. Like, listen, I can't make any excuses for that. Rangers looked very, very tired in that one. Right. And the Hurricanes have been buzzing around them and outskating them and winning the four checks. It's crazy to see that this team that did so well against Pittsburgh was struggling as bad as they were. Mm-hmm. And like I said, game two is game two. It was a very close game as well. Like I said, it's a 2 nothing score, but last second was an open netter. So you can't really right. get, you know, worry about that too much. They're playing them tough, but the Rangers have to get that offensive line going. Now, I know they've kind of shifted some things around, and the kid line, as they like to call it, has really stepped their game up. Mm-hmm. But when you're relying solely on Mika Zibanejad, who's been playing amazing in this series, four goals and nine assists, and Chris Kreider, who's been doing his thing as well, you got to get somebody else to balance him off. Like Lafreniere should be going in there as well. Like he's had good shifts. They've just been missing, you know, some shots here on there. Mm-hmm. And it's a situation that if they're really going to make a deep run, and they have the talent to do it, Shuskeskin, he is playing lights out too. Yeah, he's been he's been good. Couple yeah. a couple little hiccups here and there, but yeah, it happens. Oh, it do, it definitely does happen. But it's a situation that they need their big stars to come through, like Panarin. He's got to show up. Lafreniere mm-hmm. definitely needs a little strong because, like I said, Shuskeskin is doing everything he can in his power. Yeah, but he can only do so much. He can't do everything. Yeah, and this and this is like to make the comparison because I was getting hit up online. Like, oh, this is just like when Henrique was in the playoffs. Okay, no, it's not. Boy, that's a that's a nerve. It's it's not, and I will go into it. That's that's a nerve to touch. Hey, oh, I, hey. I know I know they went there, but they went there from an honest place. It wasn't like ah, a, it wasn't to sit okay. there and provoke me and gotcha and bring up about the uh, LA King series. Ugh. No, this is a situation where the Rangers actually have shooters. That will go shoot at the net. Do you mean we're not relying on a 60-year-old Rick Nash? No, we're not. <laughs> that memory popped up in my uh, Facebook feed. Oh, right? yeah, him and uh, Marty there, too. Yeah. yeah, like, they have guys with offensive talent that aren't afraid to go at the net. Yeah. So they need to start putting more pressure on it. And they did a great job in Game 3. No question about that. It's home cooking. It's definitely home cooking. They felt a lot better on the ice. They still were getting... A, a lot of shots they should have punched in, and I will give the credit to Carolina. Carolina is scrapping with them, and this was going to be a tough series no matter what. Mm-hmm. Fully expected this, so this is not anything that I'm going like, oh, well, the Rangers are going to sweep. Like, listen, I can tell you that as, as a very belligerent Rangers fan that, yeah, we should have swept them, but we're, we're not because Aho is playing extremely well for Carolina, definitely getting some deep you know, lines, making the puck go near the net, putting some pressure on the Rangers, and they're feeling very uncomfortable. And this is a situation you can see when the Rangers are trying to bring the puck up the ice. Yeah, There is no other way to describe it is when they're trying to get up the ice, they can't get the puck over to get set up. Mm-hmm. And then when they do, like they've been screwing around on those power plays, but to the credit of Carolina, they had something like an 88% penalty kill Yay. for the season and an 80% in the playoffs. Yikes. So you're not going to get easy goals against this team. However, though, I believe when they're on power play, they're something like 9 for 41 for oh, the season. So shit. So it's sort of like, you know, you, Yikes. You, you, you pick your chances. If I heard that correctly, if I'm wrong, at Odie Parlay, I correct me on that. But what the Rangers need to do is put more pressure on them tonight. They can't go back to Carolina down 3-1. They can't. No, they, they need to win the next two games because uh, game tonight's in Madison Square Garden. Game 5 is in Carolina. Game 6, if necessary, would be at the Garden. Game 7 would be in Carolina. They need to win the next two games because, okay, hypothetical parallel universe, let's just say they win tonight. 
you know, they lose tomorrow. All right, you go to game six. If if it ends up game seven in Carolina, I'm real nervous as a Rangers fan. I, I get no. I, w- I would much rather have a potentially series-clinching moment in Madison Square Garden. I like my chances better there. Do not like my chances in Carolina in a game seven. Yikes. I don't want to go near a game seven if I can help it, if I can physically help it, because like you're right. It just all bets are off, and that's the thing, that if you have that home ice advantage, I mean, then either crowd is going to get up for it. Mm-hmm. Like That was the, the most heartbreaking thing about game one of this series. Right. They silenced that Carolina crowd, and that is tough to do. Mm-hmm. That is legitimately tough to do. Oh, yeah. And then they let him get back in with a, a whole goal at the end. Right. Like, freaking, oh, my God. Like, I was losing my mind because – when she, uh, when Igor is blocking the puck, they're not getting like the secondhand rebounds. They're not clearing out of there, right? And that is definitely struggling. But it's something that the Rangers are going to have to do. Like I said, they do have the young line though is starting to work. That's uh, Chidel, Lafreniere, and Cacao. Mm-hmm. Like they should definitely start doing some damage. They should definitely start getting in there and making their presence felt. Like they're do like somebody has to do something other than Mika with the puck. And like I said, no, this is not like Henrik two where we have Rick Nash leading the squad and nobody else is even coming close. Right. And Henrik is running out of gas because he's got to do 70 saves a night because the defensemen are tired <laughs> and old. Sorry, just putting it out there. Yeah. It's still a situation we can win, so definitely expecting them to bounce back tonight as we record. Blue Shirt Nation, stand the puck up. Let's go. Okay. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to no, go. No, you were, you were tame. Uh, next up is the matchup between the Colorado Avalanche taking on the St. Louis Blues. Uh, for Game 1, you had Colorado win by the final score of 3-2 to two in overtime. Uh, game 2, you had the St. Louis win by the final score of 4-1. to one. Game 3 was Colorado winning by the final score of 5-2. to two. And then Colorado also came back uh, in Game 4 and won by the final score of 6-3. to three. So currently, uh, Game 5 takes place this Wednesday, May 25th, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Uh, and then, if necessary, Game Six would be Friday, May twenty seventh at eight p.m. Eastern on TNT, uh, and you have the Colorado Avalanche leading the series uh, three games to one. What did I say at the beginning of the series? I said the, if the Avalanche are healthy, they're going to be the team to beat out of the West. Uh huh. No question about that. They're they're looking healthy. They're playing at such an elite level right now. It's not even funny, and they are clicking where they need to click. Like this is something for this team to be rocking and rolling. They're damn scary. Mm-hmm. This is the easiest way to describe it. Like, I am fearful if the Rangers get this far. Colorado is going to be a beast, man. Yeah, I don't I want no part possible. of that. I mean, the only thing about St. Louis, though, is their goalie score because we can always hear Gloria. <laughs> this shout is true. Out, shout out to Liz Bailey. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's a wrap there, too. I mean, Carolina, or Colorado is just playing too damn tough. Yeah. So, I, I and like I say, being down 3-1, it's not unheard of to come back. The Rangers just did it. But, yeah. it, you know, I don't, I don't know how much lightning is going to strike there for the Blues there. Uh, and then lastly, and certainly not leastly, uh, in the Pacific Division, you've got the Calgary Flames taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so for Game 1, you had the Calgary win by the final score. Holy shit. Calgary Yeah, win. that's no joke. No defense. Cal- yeah, no defense. Uh, goal scoring on easy. Uh, Calgary won by a final score of 9-6. to six. Not a typo. God damn. Uh, game 2 went to Edmonton, where they won by the final score of 5-3. to three. Uh, game three went to also to Edmonton by a final score of four to one. So currently you've got Edmonton up two games to one. Uh, game four is taking place tonight as we record uh, Tuesday, May 24th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Game five is Thursday, May 26th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern also on ESPN. Game six and seven to be announced. 
it's it, this has been a fun series. Like I said, game one, just throw that out the window because that was a video game. Uh-huh. But this should be Edmonton's to win. I mean, Edmonton has been built for this Connor McDavid. I mean, what can you say about him? He is a superstar, so this should be Edmonton's to lose. Yeah. But I don't doubt out Calgary. I mean, they are scrappy. And like I say, Gardo, he is a solid player as well, so I think this is going to be a fun matchup. And like I said, I won't doubt this goes seven. I really don't. But I just feel Edmonton's just a little better on paper. But then again, this is why we play it on the ice. We don't have to worry about the other stuff going Mm -hmm. on. So that being said, I do like Edmonton. But I like to be proved wrong as well. So a lot of fun hockey going on. Yeah. A lot of fun hockey going. So definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. It's Blue Shirt Nation or bust, so you know where we stand with this. But if you want to let us know how your team is doing, we will talk to you about it. Like I say, just if you come with that uh, Ranger slander, we will be having some words on Twitter, at ODParleyHour, at Meslin, at CoachDuffy11, which definitely give him some smoke and say that uh, Charlie Weiss is a better coach. Ooh. He wants that. He really Ooh. wants that badly. Ooh. Well, let's talk some hockey, shall we? Hit us up on that hashtag. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Tom from Tom Joe Lou. This is Matt from Sideroom Sounds. And you're listening to ODPH Podcast. Wanna go where no one knows my name To the desert, the oceans, or the plains Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got? Got to talk some local minute. Uh, looking at the Binghamton Rumble Ponies from their last week of games, uh, we mentioned last week they lost their series opener to the Akron uh, by the final score of 2-5. to five. Uh, They came back Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and lost all of those games. One of those not even hey. worth mentioning because, yeah, it was 13-1 to one on uh, Thursday. Oh. Thursday, yikes. Uh, came back on Saturday, beat Akron 5-4, uh, to four, lost on Sunday by the final score of 6-9. to nine. Uh, looking ahead to this coming week, they are on the road, uh, taking on Reading. I believe they're the Fighting Phillies, I think is what they are these days. I think so. Uh, they won their series opener by the final score of 4-3. to three. Uh, They have games, uh, the rest of the series is 645 Eastern, 645 Eastern, 645 Eastern, 645 Eastern from Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, Sunday, their game is at 515. They do return home uh, the following week. So the series starts against the Somerset Patriots, which are the new AA affiliate of the New York Yankees uh, for a home series uh that starts on uh monday may 30th of course that is uh, memorial day it is military appreciation day uh so definitely be checking that out also of note it was announced that uh coming up on saturday june 4th uh when the yankee or the yankees the rumble ponies take on the somerset patriots uh the one the only meredith from the office Kate Flannery will be at Nice Egg Stadium or, or whatever it's called these days, Marabito Stadium. It's called something different these days. Uh, yes, Meredith from the hit NBC series The Office will be in attendance. Uh, if you purchase the package, which uh, it's a VIP picnic package, takes place from 5.05 Eastern to 6.35 Eastern on Saturday, June 4th, you will get an autograph from Kate Flannery uh, with the option to bring your own item. Okay. Uh, a photo of you and Meredith will be taken, and you will get a 90-minute all-you-can-eat picnic buffet. Hey, now. Uh, including hot dogs, burgers, speedies, side salads, and dessert. Uh, for more information on that, because, hey, that's a great opportunity, uh, and, and tickets, information, and all that good stuff, bingrp.com. Definitely exciting news there for the local team. Yeah. And 
We're going to close out with a little MMA news. Aye. Very quick headline, but definitely one you want to keep your eyes out for. The main event for UFC 277 has been announced. Okay. And it's one that, well, has got a lot of MMA fans talking. Yours sure. Truly. Amanda Nunez is going to have that long-awaited rematch with Julia Pena. Oh. So that is going to be going on down at UFC 277 in Dallas. Can't wait to see this one. That should be good. This should be an interesting fight to go down. Obviously, the upset heard round the world was Pena. Defeating yeah. Nunez, who I want to say Pena was a plus, like, 1500 it was something absurd like that one of the most crazy crazy upsets in mma history to put it mildly because i mean amanda nunez is the goat of women's mma there's no question in my mind about it just the the lineage of people she's gone through is a who's who of the sport Uh the only thing that i say i'm still sad about and I always hold out hope for is we will get that rematch with her in Cyborg. Oh, yeah. I, I need to see that just to say it wasn't a fluke the first time around. Like, it's just something with how that fight went that I always got that question. But nevertheless, UFC 277, that is a main event to say the least. Oh, yeah. Going to be one that we'll definitely be covering here on the show. And, I mean, going into the summertime, UFC is going to have a lot of stuff going for International Fight Week. So yeah, they will. coming up as well. Too. Man, summer is just creeping up on everybody. Oh, so yeah. We'll have a lot to discuss about that when it's time. You know we'll have a lot to discuss about that as well, Pat? Who's that? Brian Wolf. Hey. Now, Brian has got something big going down next week. But if you're a patron of his, you get it a little early. And he's got a new EP dropping. Oh. He's got a big show in Austin, Texas going down, too, as well. If I want to find out about Brian, where do I go? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. Swing out of the music section. You check out everything going on at him. Shout uh, at the robots. See, I'm so used to just calling him Shout. That's why I just call him Shout. Mm-hmm. Second suitor who's got some big stuff in the works as well. I'm not yeah. allowed to say that on air, but I'm just going to say it. i got some big stuff going on. Tom Jolu, the most fantastic person that we know. Uh, Floodlands. Yard Party. I'm telling you what, if they are on the ODPH page for music, you need to go get that in your system for the summer. Just going to tell you right now, if you don't have it, I'm sorry, your playlist just sucks. It just sucks. I'm not going to lie about it. But while you're at the website, definitely go check out the classified section, which has friends of the show, organizational links, support Black Lives Matter, all the amazing pod groups we're in via their pod or pages. And I definitely want to shout out the Inner Circle. I want to shout out the Apocalypse, And I want to shout out our fam over at 8122 Productions. And that is Rich, Ron, Mike, C, and hashtag Big Natty Cool, the one only Diesel. Oh, boy. And why I'm saying the extra special shout-out is very simple. This past weekend, we were honored to be a part, along with some of the creators you'll find on those pages, to raise $23,000. three comma zero zero zero. Yes, $23,000 in three days. hey for the Cancer Research Institute being a part of live stream for The Cure 6. To say that I was blown away by that, and especially we hit that goal with three hours to spare on Saturday night. Right. And an additional $3,000 came in. That's fucking nuts. That's insane. But it shows the power of the independent podcast community all the amazing people that were part of it. And like I, I can't stress enough, you're going to find members of the inner circle in there. You're going to find a ton of the apocalypse in there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that right now. If you go through that lineup, it's almost like a who's who. And, yes, we have adopted the Pint podcast as part of us, too, because I know they were doing a show with Stu, but, you know, Pint's family, so we always shot them in there, too. 
And, of course, Friday night we did a live trivia version of 607 TWS that is one for the ages. It's a fantastic show. We got a lot of new subscribers to 607 TWS and to the ODPH from that, too, as well. So thank you so much for checking us out. So you find out everything going on there, and I'm going to be posting the uh, permanent link in the uh, classified section as well for live stream because we always put it on the front page during the season for it. But I want to keep that going year round because I, I fully believe in everything they're doing there. So shout out to our guy, Nick from Nikolai's Kitchen, Dan from Netflix and Swill, who doesn't want praise, but we'll give him a thanks anyway. Ger- you know, Gerald, like all the everybody that's a part of that event. Pat. Yeah. And I know that like Rich and I already got like a couple ideas for next year. Already. Oh, nice. It's scary. I will tell you off air because I don't want to jinx it. Mm. But there was something got thrown in the discussion that I'm like. One chip challenge where the chip's been sitting for a year. No, we already did that thing. I can't do that. I'll be, but I'll it's be honest. it's been sitting for a year. Oh, fuck that shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rich did it where it was a couple of months uh, expired. One year expired. My acid reflux can't take it. Like, Oh, at, I understand like, that. Yeah, I know. But, I understand like, that. No, but there there was an idea that came across, and I, I have something schemed in my head that I think we might be able to pull off, and I think we might be able to generate some real money for it. All right. But you'll find out about that next year because I want to see if it's the practicality. There's a lot of stuff that could happen between now and then True. involving it, so I don't want to say, yeah, we're going to do it, and then we don't. Uh, just we're going to find out the possibility of that possibly in December. Just going to put that out there. But, like I say, you got that going on. You got the T-Public story. You got the directory. Which How many providers are we on these days, Pat? Uh, 24,705. Sounds about right. I was going to say seven, you know, an eight, but you know, five sounds like a better number. So, if we're not on your favorite podcast provider, can we get on there for you? Just you let us know where you listen to us from, and then we'll see about making a link on there. So, it's easy peasy lemon squeezy, as they say. To find the ODPH and you just drop that follow, you drop that subscribe. It's nothing. We appreciate everybody giving the content. If you want to drop a five-star rating for us as well on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify. We're not sponsored by Wild Turkey, but, you know, it is what it is. I don't know if you heard about that controversy uh, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, I so. heard. No, but, you know, like I say, that's a that's a podcast joke right now. So, but nothing against that brand because, trust us, uh, we connoisseur that every now and then. So, all that being said, we're just going to simply say if it's anything and everything, the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one only, Padawan J. Fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you again for all the support for Livestream for the Cure. And thank you for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We will see you next time. Bye.
Let's go.